0: Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome to the very first live stream YouTube video podcast all in one. Therefore, no editing. This is just me getting out of podcast this week, basically. No, there's a few things I want to talk about, and it didn't look like a guest was going to work, and I'm going on vacation for a few days starting tomorrow, so I just figured I would put out a few thoughts that I had, and I had a few in particular this week. Oh, my. If I haven't mentioned it, you should probably follow me on Twitter, at FusionFFB. I am, of course, your host, Joshua. If this is your first exposure to exposure to to fusion fantasy football i'm sorry um but basically i just talk about fusion fantasy football stuff which is fantasy football and i'm pulling it together i'm fusing all kinds of different sources information listen to all the experts read all the stuff and we try to integrate it into a cohesive sensical reasonable conclusions and uh try not to get overcome by hype and things like that. So it's a great place, if you haven't heard me before, to um, listen in and quickly get a wide range of information, maybe things you haven't been hearing, that kind of thing. That's my goal. So welcome. If this is your first time, then you've truly picked a weird episode or video to uh, stumble into for the first time. So be sure to check out some other things because today is not going to be... Atypical, at all. Um, basically, a few things happened. So yesterday, I get news pops up on my phone. Ding, Melvin Gordon, may be holding out. Yeah, I know. Well, I didn't know he was working. He was going to hold out, but I was what halfway through I mean probably a third in sections but probably a good half in actual word count for a brand new article about Melvin Gordon and why the title of and here I'm going to pull it up for you uh YouTube and streamers you'll be able to read it I'm not going to have anything in the video that uh I'm not going to read or talk about so for the sake of the listeners um I'm never going to pass on the podcast in lieu of of doing video work instead. Video will always be in addition, but uh, that's where most people listening, I'm sure, will continue to. I'll let you see it over here. I'll let you see it here. Look at this. All this right here, this is me writing about the contract. I had the almost the entire section for the contract information done on Melvin Gordon. You can see I have a whole outline about what I was going to talk about, his injury, uh, his age, comps, all that stuff, and my conclusion was going to be, and it's right there in the title, which is rather out early than late, Melvin Gordon. Get out on Melvin Gordon this season. And I I wasn't going to say get out on him now. I was going to say get out of him this season. And there's going to be some stipulations in there. Like if you're contending and you're making a playoff run, then just get the most out of him and try to win. Keep him, of course. But if you're not going to make the playoffs, you'd better be selling him to a contender this season because he is at his peak in every way in fantasy value, he's at his peak in his production. He's at his peak at his age for a running back. He is at his peak. This is it. It doesn't get better. I mean, this season might be his best. It might be good or could have been if he doesn't hold out. We'll get to that. But this is it. The roller coaster He's all downhill from here on a running back. And if you've been listening to me, you've heard me talk about it before. So this isn't new. This article was just going to... I just wanted to put an article. I haven't written an article in a little while. So I kind of... I, I wanted to get something out there on the website written by me. Burl Joffley made me feel bad that, you know, the first article out on my site in months, if not a year, is, is by him on my own website. So... I, had to, I couldn't let him one-up me, right? So I, I pulled that up, and I wanted to get it out there, but I've talked about Melvin Gordon before. I talked about his age. Everything I've talked about, I'm repeating myself. This is how upset I am. So if you check my appearance out on Open Bar about two months ago or something like that, I tried to tell you guys, right there, boom, there it is, said, the guy I see being in a Melvin, Melvin Gordon Gordon is the guy I see being in a Todd Gurley-like situation a year from now, where we have injury concern, we have, is he worth the money concern, and is he worth it at his age and his usage, how much workload he's had, the, the uh, <laughs> proverbial tread on the tires, which I hate, but that's the point. And all those things point to him being below where he is now in value next offseason. Next offseason. It's always about next offseason for me. It's not about two or three year windows. Screw the window. It's about from now until if you're in Dynasty, until your next rookie draft. And if you're just doing redrafts or seasonal kind of things, uh, like seasonal best buys, best balls, it's between now and the NFL draft that's your window. After the NFL draft, things start becoming more apparent and you can get away with some stuff with veterans into the summer, but usually your window for selling a veteran is gone. You should not be selling veterans right now, basically. Don't do it. Just you might as well just hold on to them and now and let them actually show something at the beginning of the season and then get rid of them. Okay? But don't sell them. in most cases, as a rule, do not be selling veterans right now. But you you just you have no idea how frustrated I was Melvin you couldn't have waited like four days I told you I'm on vacation I was gonna finish this thing up in the evenings for the next few nights and I was gonna try to have it out by Wednesday you know training camps are coming I didn't think he'd be dropping this before rookies even report let alone him he dropped it early so let's get in actually analyzing it sorry Enough of my rant on Melvin Gordon. Let's get into analyzing what the situation is, players around him, things like that. So Melvin Gordon, he says, trade me or pay me. That's what he's saying. Now, he never says in there specifically, or I will hold out, which was pointed out by our friend Crocker. But the implication is obvious because without that implication, the demand to that he has to be paid or traded means nothing they'll just laugh at him. If he doesn't hold out, if that's not a real threat, they're just gonna laugh at him. They'll be like, it's like like Crocker said, they'll give him a pat on back and say, oh, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, we'll, t- we'll take care of you. And he'll play the season. And then they'll try to franchise the tag him la- next year. And that's when he holds out. And that was what my prediction was. You can see right here, If uh, why do I still have on the stream, you're watching the Audacity stream. Guys, never done this before. All three in one stream, YouTube video, for, uh for the future actually staying on the youtube channel and of course the audio so you can see all the nice you know yeah you get to you get to you get to see it that's nice that's pretty okay we're gonna go over to back to my what is going on back to my article you can see up here I had all the different things going on but my part point right here right here this was the point boom and it was the bell effect you can see it the Bell effect. So we've re- This is I'm gonna read what I wrote. We've recently actually I have to go back because it doesn't make sense. Franchise cost. So first i evaluated how much he's gonna cost, which is a lot. It's like uh 13 at minimum million dollars uh a year. And probably it's gonna have to be at least a four-year, and at best with a two-year out. That would be that would be Levy on Bell's contract, and he's older. So I basically took Bell's contract and Gurley's contract and looked at them and say, with you know the rising, increasing caps and so on, he's probably not getting it that much less than Gurley, even if you feel that Gurley's contract was huge and he deserves more because he's better, things grow. This is the way it works. Every well, Who has the biggest contract for quarterbacks right now? What, Matthew Stafford or did Wentz take him over? Either way, Wentz is the most recent one. So that's how immediately, see, immediately i was like oh did it take it over yeah because he was the most recent one so of course he took it over this is the way it works with the contracts and as the caps go up and you know the we'll see how that goes with with cbas and so on but they've got more money coming in basically so here we go Gurley contract four year 57 with a uh it's actually a couple more options on there even and then bell's contract four year 52 with a an out after two years I said Guru's contract is four years. There's options beyond that, but there really isn't uh, a good out until those four years. I think there's a fifth, if not even sixth option, sixth year option, but I only called it a four year. Anyway, based on that, that's like between four and a half to four and three quarter percent of their cap. So when you do all the math, that that basically tells you Melvin Gordon is going to be getting a at least 12, if not 13 or $14 million contract for four years with at best a two year out, probably a three or four year. Now you look at that and then you look at the, that's what I didn't get to. That's why I had to finish. You get into where the chargers are as as a team contract wise and you say, okay, um, they've got to pay they've got to figure out what's going on in the Rivers first. Keenan Allen comes next, up next year. Uh Austin Eckler is restricted free agent uh next year. Hunter Henry is a unrestricted free agent next year. So they definitely want to see what he is this season and maybe they uh give him a contract if he shows up and he's good. Maybe they even look, you don't see it a lot, but I just realized I just thought of it. If he's good, they could easily franchise tag him as a tight end which remember that whole Jimmy Graham thing and he wanted to be he wanted to be he called a wide receiver so when they franchise tagged him he'd get way more money but that would be a brilliant move by the Chargers to franchise tag the tight end rather than the running back Um, they have a lot of players that they are paying a lot of money to right now Uh, if they did try and pay Melvin Gordon they're probably gonna have to cut someone like Melvin Ingram so we were joking around there must be only one Melvin on the chargers going forward because there's a lot of money there, so I'm not going to get into too deep in the weeds and all of that. I'm just going to say I don't think they're going to pay him. And this was pointed out, I, I can't remember who, if I remember who before then the podcast, I'll say no, I can't remember who was talking about how it's not really the chargers' mo to pay running backs, they're usually pretty good at getting out of them they let even LaDamian Le damien thomason go to the leave and go he went to the jets right they're not afraid to say thanks we got a lot out of you now bye okay and that's smart of them really it honestly is they've been very good about that in the past um who else scrolls they let him, him get out of the town so there it wouldn't make sense from that perspective for the owners front office kind of people to suddenly decide to pay Gurley this kind of contract. And then of course we see what happened with Gurley that adds fear and doubt and hesitation that makes it less likely. And my final point that I was trying to get to is Bell. All right, so that's where I was and I gave the background, now here we are. The obvious alternative, I'm reading my own unpublished article now, so frustrating. Obvious alternative would be to use the franchise tag on Gordon. The 2019 tag is costing teams 11.2 million a year for a running back. Comparatively, the savings aren't that much per year versus signing him. However, a franchise tag basically only tells Gordon that they do not plan on keeping him for more than one or two more seasons. I'm paraphrasing myself here and there. So that really just, that's what it tells you. If you tag Gordon, it tells him that they're not be commi- committing to him. I also just recently saw a video where... Um, I don't know where this was before, but it came out today on Twitter where it was one of these just, it wasn't a studio. It was just Melvin Gordon in his home. I don't know they're doing a documentary or something like that. And he, his dad was there, they were watching stuff and his dad asked him about, you see what happened with Le'Veon Bell and Gordon's like, yeah, you know, I'd hold out too. He, you know, gives them five, six of his best years and then they don't want to pay him. So right there is a little bit of a view into Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon, my prediction for this season is Melvin Gordon, if he is not paid and if he is not traded, he will be back to accrue his season. He will be back. Which means if he goes into the season, if you're uh, drafting later and it's clear that he's holding out, I would not be opposed to drafting Melvin Gordon. Um, I'd have to look into more, but I would not be opposed to drafting him just not nearly as high as the first round obviously i'm guessing the highest i would be willing to do it would be the third probably more like the fourth and even that's pushing it okay because when he comes back he could be a real impact however when he comes back maybe they decide whatever they were doing before was working for them and maybe they tell him just go home i don't know we just don't want the Bell situation again. However, Melvin Gordon, more so than Bell, I believe, because Bell is a younger player and does have more future earning on on kind of at stake here, uh, he, he will definitely want to accrue a season. Um, and I believe it's somewhere around the week eight after the trade deadline, somewhere around there. Uh, I can double check, but that's where the line is between accruing a season or not it might it might be as late as week 10 i'd have to double check so you're not getting anything more if anything you're getting less than half a season out of melvin gordon if he is not paid or traded if he's paid it's oh great draft him that means they're actually committing to him and that actually tells that means everything that i was going to write here is obsolete okay so I'm probably gonna rewrite this article and and take it a different way now with the new Melvin Gordon news. Uh, As soon as I publish it, I'm sure more news will come out making it completely obsolete because that's of course what's going to happen. So I'll try and get it published as soon as I can so we get that news. And the point being then everything about Fear for the Future is out and you've got a good running back for a couple more years basically. So it's just going to be the health concerns and then how soon can they get out from under him on the contract and that's all you're going to care about and write him. He's a top eight running back for however many seasons that is according to contract Uh, and an injury of course. So if they trade him now, is he going to be as good where he goes? What's their offense like? Um, Are they going to use him the same way? so on and so forth that's going to be who knows they can't predict that uh there's been lots of speculation about where he could be traded to I was kicking around some ideas in my head just the other night just trying to think you know, okay, what they could do um obviously, obvious teams would be Houston Texans Tampa Bay the Buffalo Bills came up as an interesting one um someone said Dolphins but I, I don't I don't see how that makes sense that doesn't make sense but you could see what if uh what do what do the Bills have that they could trade like McCoy, plus something, picks or defensive players or something like that, to to the Chargers to get, uh, Gordon and then they pay Gordon because Gordon could be, I mean, they want a running back in Buffalo clearly and he's not old so I mean, he's 26 years old. Like I said, it's downhill from here, but. It, He's way further up the hill than McCoy is. So maybe the Chargers just say, well, we can get one year of effective use of McCoy. Mick, not as a the guy, not the same level of volume as Gordon was getting, but in Eckler, they got Justin Jackson. It, they just get another option. So the majority of that value in that trade has to come from whatever else they're getting. It's not McCoy, but at least they would get McCoy out of out of uh buffalo for for buffalo that's the where they would be that's what's in it for them not only do they get gordon but they get mccoy off the books and out of town uh, which i think they would definitely be willing to do the only reason they haven't is they don't have anything certain to replace him with now the other team i thought of is the tampa bay buccaneers again it would be same idea they would have to give up something substantial to get him then I saw rumors or ideas being thrown about Jadavian Clowney for Houston. Uh, maybe Houston would send along Lamar Miller. I thought of that. I said Lamar Miller plus, if they sent Jadavian Clowney and Lamar Miller to San Diego, uh, I bet San Diego would do that. And Lamar Miller is kind of a very capable all-around back. You mix him in with the other guys who are also all-around backs, and you just have a mess of a of a running back by committee now. And in, in In LA, but all of a sudden Melvin Gordon is just as good as ever. Probably in in Houston, I say probably he may not be as just as good as ever, but he's still running back one. Then still a good decent offense, still definitely the guy. All right, I'm not sure how much more I can say about Melvin Gordon, so I'm not going to because everything from here is speculation we'll see i'm gonna like i said probably turn this article into something more examining everything that i've just said uh plus things getting into real details and uh yeah uh, it, right now application what are we doing are we going to trade for him or are we trading him away don't trade him away you have to hold him and wait and see what happens okay in dynasty I guess if uh, you can get something out of him in a redraft ring that you'd either already drafted or something like that, and somebody wants to take that risk, and you don't want the risk, like I said, if he stays in LA, I do not think he plays a full season. He definitely doesn't play week one. And they have, uh, I'd have to check until, at what point do they have to get a deal done? Uh, i, I Sorry, I'm not prepared. I should have thought of that. I did not think of that until just now as far as... Uh, I know that came up with Bell, so that's the only reason. But this is the Bell effect. Um, everyone, Everyone's going to be afraid. I, re- we've re- the, I didn't finish reading. We've recently witnessed how players react to being told by front offices they aren't going to commit to them beyond next, next year. Le'Veon's Bell's franchise tag holdout in 2018 will continue to have repercussions around the league for years. From the team's perspective, it means Gordon is a risk to hold out if tagged. And so now they're going to be less uh, likely and open to doing that because they're going to have the fear. And then from Gordon's perspective, uh, he might it might be in his best interest to actually hold out. So now that someone's actually done it, there's a real threat basically. And there's a lot more uncertainty there. So if if and if he's tagged, he, he might just hold out. Again, that's next season though. He's currently on for one year, five point six million, which is not a lot. I think it's actually like something like the tenth or eleventh highest. I do have that here somewhere. It's it's eleventh uh, single season salary for running backs this year, but it climbs a lot. Obviously, to the top guys like Bill and Gurley. All right. Belva Gordon, why couldn't you have waited? But that's fine. That's fine. All right. Next thing I want to talk about. Also in the news, Darius Geis gets a hamstring. What? And and you say you tweet mockingly. Let me see. Oh. Isn't it obvious? You're supposed to know ahead of time that somebody is going to get injured. Clown face. Yeah, you are supposed to know this. You're supposed to know that a running back returning from an ACL has a higher risk of other injuries, particularly hamstring. You're supposed to know this. This is not a surprise. This is not This is not a hindsight analysis. It's literally known, and it's not hindsight analysis because I can just tell you to go back and listen to the last podcast where we told you Darius Geis is a concern. I'm going to read something. This is an excerpt from an article about ACLs and it's actually about hamstrings. And then it talks about ACLs and about other injuries and in how it connects to hamstrings. Uh, Colouris et al. 2007 found that the following ACL, that following ACL reconstruction surgery, the risk of a hamstring injury was significantly elevated. This is because the hamstrings play a role in stabilizing the knee alongside the ACL. And if the ACL cannot perform this function, the hamstrings are placed under additional strain and load medicine. Hashtag science fact, whatever. We know it. It's not a surprise. When are we going to learn? Go back and listen to that episode because we talked about some other people. Uh, Cooper Cup, Will Fuller in particular. All right. Hamstring is a very real threat out there for those guys. Okay, very real threat. This is not hindsight analysis. This is when it when it happens. Don't be saying, oh, well, injury happens to everybody. We we can't know that it's going to happen to these guys. But it's a very much increased risk. Okay? We're just playing the probabilities in this game. That's what we do. And there's a higher chance, higher probability, higher rate of hamstring and other injuries when recovering from ACLs. We know this. It's not a surprise. Oh, my goodness. On that note. Very nice video of Emmanuel Sanders on Twitter this week moving his legs very quickly. Too bad that has nothing to do with an Achilles. I mean, obviously, it's connected still. It's functioning. He has some little kind of step cuts. But there's no power and burst out of it. He goes like five yards in three seconds and then takes off running in a straight line and you can't really judge how quickly it takes him to take off and accelerate there's nothing there there's nothing there good I'm glad you're healing I'm glad he's healing I'm glad he can move his legs very quickly but that's his legs that's not his achilles and it has nothing to do with the burst and power of taking off of a from a start or taking off from out of a cut a stop and start that's where it matters. He'd almost be better off if he was not doing well because then maybe he could be put on the PUP list, players unable to perform, and, and he'd be able to actually get healthy all the way. And the all the way healthy is a lot different than the able to run around healthy. You still need that last little bit to get you to actually the full 100% you know, so he went zero to I don't know eighty. I'm not a doctor or whatever, but zero to eighty percent on schedule, maybe ahead of schedule. Great, good, good for him. It still takes time to get the last bit to hundred percent, where he can actually be and produce and perform like Emmanuel Sanders is used to performing and how we are used to him performing. He's still not going to be himself if he comes out week one trying to play. He's not going to be as effective as he's used to period i'm sorry he's not stop it just stop it next rant i also keep hearing um i was just listening to and i think it happened in about two or three different podcasts i heard let just happened to listen to yesterday so i'm not i'm not going to name anybody because i can't remember which one said specifically what but what keeps happening is i keep hearing people talk about Uh, especially happens when they talk about Devonta Freeman and everyone talks about how Devonta Freeman is a bit of a sleeper and you know as long as he stays healthy he is a possible low-end wide receiver one high-end running back two and I agree I agree I also have talked about if you go back to when I was doing projections on that team although I did come out with with Freeman a little lower um, but that's because I, I projected some games missed in there, which we can talk about. But the point being, there's a lot of potential points for a running back on this team. And I don't think they want Edo Smith in that role. He's not going to be the new Tevin Coleman. They saw him last year. They saw what he can do, and they saw what he can't do. And he's a good receiving back, but that's all he is. And I like him and that's all I ever expected him to be, except maybe he could fill in and get extra volume if someone got injured, but I never expected him to be particularly great at it. He's not going to be Philip Lindsay, right? He's a good receiving back, but how do I keep hearing podcasts and people talk about Freeman, how good he can be, and then express concern about his, his injury risk and his age and his history? And then they talk about Ito Smith and for the most part, everyone agrees that he's not up to par to fill in as the 1B like a Tevin Coleman was, where it was Freeman and Coleman. He's not up to that. So it's got to be more Freeman. But here's the problem. More Freeman is exactly the front thing we're worried about that's going to get him injured. So they need to back it off. So if it's not Freeman, and if you don't think Ito Smith can do that, that obviously leaves a hole, right? And that's where I get so frustrated because everyone keeps saying that and saying, oh, he's great. There's a lot of points in this offense. Oh, but he could get hurt. Oh, but Edio Smith can do it. And then, then the very next phrase, they're dismissing Quadrate, Allison, or even Brian Hill. They're just dismissing them. Oh, but yeah, those guys can't do it here. Well, who's going to do it? Somebody's got to do it. I don't even care if they're good. Somebody's got to do it. Because you just said what happens if Freeman gets injured and Smith can't do it. So either they're going to have Smith do it, even though he's bad, or and if Freeman's out, it's not going to be just Smith also, by the way. It's not going to be just Smith. Remember, even when Freeman out, it was Tevin Coleman and some Smith. So even if Smith does fall into taking over like Coleman did, there's still going to be a and somebody, right? Stop dismissing the third running back in Atlanta. It's a blatant and obvious value. Like, when somebody there gets injured, that's who you go get first. Pay up the money. I don't care. Because Quadra Allison, or maybe it's going to be Brian Hill, but I think we've seen, I think they've seen, they know what he is. Um, I keep being told that he somehow is a better receiving back uh, than than um Oleson but I don't know I looked at the stats and it's not that much different uh I'm not saying Oleson was a great receiver either but he has a lot of uh they they say he has a lot of good movement he's he's surprisingly elusive and he's fast he's very fast for his size he's a big fast running back so Claudio Olsen is kind of one of those sleepers I've been talking about as rookie I predicted I predicted that the Falcons would need another running back that he would be a grinder and now I'm saying that's awesome. So there it is my cards on the table. That's it. Now one thing I did talk about and I was just saying that about the games missed my projections it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm a little behind on them. but I think I'm going to catch up. I'm not going to be able to stream live stream them all. I've done a lot of the fun ones but I'm going to have to do some on my own that I'm not going to be able to do live streaming while I do it. You know, I'm going to be just wherever with my laptop. So um, I am predicting and projecting games missed for some of these players. I try to be a little systematic about it. You know, tight ends, yeah, I'll easily give them 15, uh, but they have to have real injury history to get more. Like Devonta Freeman... They have to have injury history of nagging injuries and things that are going to ma- make him miss. So I have him down to like 13 games. You have to have uh, Leonard Fournette history of injuries for me to drop him down to 12. He may easily only play eight, but at least I'm less than 16. All right. Um, and then I try to focus on getting the per game, per healthy game rates correct. And then we just multiply that up by the games I have. Now, my finished product, when I get all these projections done, is going to be, uh, it'll be out in a, I'm going to sell it in two forms. I mean, one is going to be free, first of all, so three forms. One is going to be the free version, where you can just look up the individual snapshots, okay? But two is going to be free version that has all of them in a, like, PDF, and it has all the rankings out for the top, you know, whatever relevant players. And it's going to have... Um, everything broken up by position and then a combined, and then it's going to have league wide stats and trends that I've noticed from my projections and how it fits into history, you know, is, is uh passing going up as a whole this season. I'm going to analyze all those things and make sure everything again is reasonable expectation. That's the point. And I'm going to sell that as a PDF. You gonna buy it. Sorry. Um, then I'm actually also going to try and sell, the excel sheet and you'll be able to even import your own scoring now I don't have first downs and I don't have bonuses I don't have those built into how I could actually predict or calculate those right um but I, I guess I could figure out bonuses if I divided the games the yardage or whatever by the games and then figured out how many on average of those would be I, I could if I really wanted to I'm not I'm not. Okay. It's just basic. I do have it for positional though. So all you and your fancy leagues, your tight end premiums, right? I'm in those two leagues. I, I like those leagues too. Um, you'll be able to have, have your own special scoring in there and it will use my projected stats. So you won't be able to edit the stats, but you'll be able to edit the scoring according to my projected stats and see how your scoring changes the rankings. So that'll be cool. And, uh, that's pretty much it. I haven't settled on prices. Uh, feedback I guess would be nice. I I don't think it's going to be much more than a cup of coffee. So if you met me in a bar, we bumped into each other, would you buy me a coffee? Basically, if you've gotten anything out of anything that I've ever produced, that's essentially all I'm asking for. Um, that's all I got. A couple of rants on Melvin Gordon, Darius Geis. Uh, who else did I talk about? Oh, Emmanuel Sanders a little bit. And then, of course, the Falcons running backs. I don't understand how people in the same breath dismiss then the third guy. Just it doesn't make sense to say. But yeah, this guy, a lot of potential there. could be great. Oh, but he gets injured a lot. And this other guy isn't that good. But Olson's not going to do anything. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't follow. Be consistent. Be consistent. Integrate your thoughts and your takes, All right. You can't have two top 24 wide receivers coming from an offense with a bad quarterback. So Kirk Cousins, if you're drafting him outside the top 20 wide quarterbacks and you think Phelan and Diggs are going to be both even wide receiver ones, that doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. It doesn't make sense sense we've seen it with one wide receiver, one and a bad quarterback like Eli Manning Odell Beckham not to name any names but two come on doesn't make sense make sure your, your, your takes are self-consistent please please all right that's all I got for you this week getting this recorded and getting it scheduled out for release uh probably um i know this is sunday saturday so i might get it out on sunday just so it's not late and just so uh it's still relevant all right guys thanks for joining me this was interesting this was fun first time i did all this combined in one and i will see you next week